Thank you, Pastor Jason, the worship team. We so appreciate you being here this morning with us to worship the Lord and to help us to do that. Uh, I mentioned last week that we were going to be doing communion today, which we will do uh, in a little, just a little bit toward the end of this message. Last week, for those of you that were with us, we were talking about the Holy Spirit, just reminding us all that the Holy Spirit is not a force, he's not an it, he's a person. He's the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we were talking about some of the work of the Holy Spirit, the the things that he uh, does in the lives of believers, and that was that he guides us. He gives us revelation, revealing to us that which we in the natural could never know. He prays for us, just like the Lord Jesus Christ is praying in heaven, the Holy Spirit prays in and through us and for us. And lastly, we talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit empowers us. He uh, gives us power so that we can be effective witnesses for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to share this wonderful gospel. And today, I'm going to talk to you about another element. I want to add a fifth element on the work of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to encourage you uh, to get into your Bible with me this morning. And uh, we're going to look at John chapter 16 in a moment. We're going to be reading from verses 8 through 11. John chapter 16 verses 8 through 11. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. When he, meaning the Spirit, comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no more. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So we have, in this text, uh, we have the, the fifth element of the Holy Spirit, and the work of the Holy Spirit that we want to talk about today is conviction, uh, where he's going to prove the world wrong. This word conviction, you see although a quick definition coming up on your screen, uh, means to proving wrong or finding guilty of offense. Uh, in other words, the Lord declared here that when the Holy Spirit comes, one of the things he would do, he would bring conviction. And it's a threefold conviction, if you will. For the Lord said he's going to convict the world of sin because they refuse to believe in him. Uh, and let me pause there even for a moment and begin there because he talks about the fact that the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit would be to bring conviction, to prove wrong, to bring uh, to guilty uh, uh, to, the, to the consciousness, to, to recognize uh, that you and I have done wrong. And so he talks about the fact that it would be sin because of their refusal to believe in the Lord. Now, let's go to Acts chapter 2, 
and the scene, let me set it up for you, Pentecost has taken place. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on the believers. They have been baptizing the Holy Spirit. They were in the place that they were gathered. They were speaking in uh, tongues, an unknown language. Uh, and suddenly from that moment, they're, they're now outside of that place where they were out in the street. They are still worshiping God publicly there outside. People are gathered because Jerusalem, uh, the festival was on at that time. So Jerusalem was packed with people. And there are all of these people from different cultures and speaking different languages are hearing the apostles actually worshiping the Lord in their language. And they're thinking, well, wait a second. I think these guys are just drunk. They've had too much to drink. But, but Peter now stands up and said, no, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, nobody's been drinking. This is what was promised by the Father. This is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit coming upon us and giving us this power. And Peter begins to, to minister the gospel. And one of the things he says while he is preaching the gospel, he said, you guys refused to believe in the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was you who crucified him as a result of that. Well, when Peter said that, we find in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, that Peter's words pierced their heart. And they said to him and to other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? In other words, while Peter is preaching, all of a sudden now there was a divine transaction, a work of the Holy Spirit in the hearers, everyone that was out there. The Bible said their hearts were pierced. They were convicted. They realized that what Peter was saying was true. They had done wrong. They were guilty of not only refusing to believe in the Lord, but then subsequently his crucifixion. So, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin because they don't believe. Then he went on to say that uh, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of righteousness because I go to the Father. So in other words, Jesus said that part of what the work of the Holy Spirit would be would be to convict people of, of righteousness in, in that the world at that time condemned the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, he was condemned as a sinner because he had uh, blasphemed. He called himself God, the son of God. And, and, and so the, the Jewish leaders and the people, uh, they thought he had blasphemed. He was uh, convicted as a liar. Uh, and, so, and he died a convict's death on the cross. But then the Lord ascended to heaven and Jesus is saying, my righteousness will be affirmed because I ascend to heaven. In other words, the, uh, the Lord's ascension into heaven affirmed his righteousness, his perfect moral character. And through Jesus' righteousness, the Holy Spirit will convict the world of its unrighteousness, its wrong moral character. And then lastly... Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will prove the, the world wrong, not just of sin and of righteousness, but of judgment. And he said, because Satan has been judged. The word judgment there means the act of declaring guilt and 
listen, and or including its consequences. In other words, this, this Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin, he will convict the world of righteousness, and he will convict of judgment because the devil has already been Judge. He's already been found guilty and he's already going to deal with the consequences. And you and I uh, will also deal with judgment and consequences. He said, that's what's going to come upon this world. The Holy Spirit will convict the world of its guilt of sinning and the consequences that will follow as a result of that. This threefold aspect of the work of the Holy Spirit specifically talking about his conviction, the conviction of the Holy Spirit to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. I want you to understand this morning that this work is not restricted to just the world or those who do not believe in the Lord or those who are not following Jesus, don't call themselves Christians. But this conviction of the Holy Spirit is also this fifth element of the work that he does in the lives of all believers, all Christians. So let me go back and break it down for us. Number one, the Holy Spirit convicts you and I of sin because we don't believe in the Lord. Now, if I can get even more specific, the key word there is because we refuse to believe in the Lord. So as Christians, we've embraced Jesus Christ as our Savior, right? And we begin this Christian journey. We're all on this Christian journey together. And the Holy Spirit's work in all of us, remember we talked about it last week, is to guide us, to lead us into the truth, and he speaks to our hearts directly into our spirit. And he also speaks to us through the word of God. But now, when we hear the Holy Spirit speaking, when we hear the guidance of the Holy Spirit, when you and I receive direction from the Lord, at that moment in time, we all have a decision to make. We have to choose. Are we going to follow that direction? Are we going to obey the Lord? Or are we not? And I would submit to you that the, some of the issues that we have in our life is simply because there are, when God speaks to us, we often refuse to listen. We refuse to believe in him, that it's God and that that's the right way to go. And so uh, here's where the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 14, verse 23. Listen, everything that does not come from faith is sin. Everything that does not come from faith is sin. And then in James chapter 4, verse 17, he says, if anyone then knows the good that they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So when the Lord speaks, but we refuse to believe that it's the Lord and that we should follow in whatever that direction is, then the Bible is teaching us that because we don't have the faith at that moment to believe and receive, that we have not just say, well, I just don't believe. We have actually now sinned before God. 
If we know the good that we're supposed to do and we don't do it because we don't believe that we need to do it, then the Bible says we just sin. So let me break it down for us and give some illustrations on this. If I mistreat my wife, which we all know I'm the angel in the house, but if, it's a big if, if for some reason I mistreat my wife, and in my time alone with the Lord, I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, you did wrong, get it right. I have at that moment a decision to make. If I believe the Lord is speaking to me, then I have a decision to make. Am I going to follow the direction of the Lord? Am I going to obey the Lord? Am I going to go and apologize to my wife? If I don't, then I have sinned before God. Because I have made the decision that I don't believe I need to follow that. The word of God teaches us that we need to honor God with our giving. Uh, We need to honor God. 10% of our income comes to the house of the Lord. That's what the Bible teaches us. But now there are many uh, God's children that somehow believe I don't have to do that. I don't believe that's for today. God understands my situation. I don't need to do that. And so we decide at that moment we refuse to believe that that's something we have to do. And we don't think any more of it. And yet the Bible says, when we don't have the faith to believe and we reject God's direction, we have now sinned. And it's the Holy Spirit's work, his ministry is to convict us, to pierce our hearts, to to bring to our awareness, you have done wrong. You are guilty of violating God's word. You're guilty of disobeying God's word. You are guilty of refusing to believe the Lord. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Without the conviction of the Holy Spirit, of our wrong, of our sin, I think you'll agree with me, we would be in a world of trouble. There would be no church. Church would be filled, if at all, with people and everybody doing their own thing. Everybody doing as they see fit. Everybody uh, going by how they feel and, and their emotions rather than the word of God. This is the guidance that God has given us. All of us, you, me, we all have the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He will reveal truth to us according to God's word. And we're to walk into that truth. We are walking in faith into believing. This is what God has for our life. But when we choose, when we re- to refuse to believe, that's when we've now sinned. And the Holy Spirit will come and bring conviction. Now, it's important. I want to just say this side note. If we continue to even reject the conviction of the Holy Spirit, then the Bible teaches that ultimately we'll sear our conscience. In other words, our conscience will become dead and we will no longer hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, will no longer be pierced in our hearts. Our hearts will go cold toward God and we will walk away from the things of God. So I want to exhort you this morning to thank the Lord for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for his conviction. I remember a specific time where I didn't treat my wife right. And she had uh, done something that was wrong, and I laid into her. 
I laid into her because I knew I was right. And as we were driving, the Holy Spirit began to speak to my heart and told me that I didn't handle the situation right. And at that moment, I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I had a decision to make. Am I going to follow and obey God? Or am I going to refuse to do that? Because the Lord would tell me, you need to apologize to your wife. And I have to be transparent. In that moment, I had a disagreement with God in my heart. While I'm driving, I'm saying, no way, she was wrong. I, I had a right to say that. But the more I fought with God, the more convicted I became. And ultimately, thankfully, by God's grace, I humbled myself and asked her to forgive me. Brothers and sisters, there's no one that walks the perfect Christian life. We all, in one way, stumble or fall. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need his conviction so that when we have done wrong, when we have sinned, he will come into our hearts, he will speak to our hearts and pierce it to let us know you've done wrong. Get it right. So that's the first thing, that the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the conviction of sin. The second thing Jesus said was that he would convict of righteousness, right? Now the Bible teaches us that all of our righteousness is like filthy rags. There's no one righteous, not even one. The good news is Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and the Bible teaches us he became our righteousness. We are right in God's eyes. That's what righteousness means. We are right in God's eyes, not because of our own personal morality, but because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross at Calvary. Through Jesus Christ, we are declared right in the eyes of the Lord. Would you say amen to that right there in your home? That's a great thing to remind yourself of. Thank God that we have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But now, let's remember that because we are declared righteous in God's eyes through Jesus Christ, that does not mean that we can live as we please. The Holy Spirit convicts us when we begin to govern our lives based upon what we believe is right rather than what is right in the eyes of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What do I mean by that? There are many things in life that are not clearly outlined in the Bible as right or wrong. But we do have the Spirit of God who dwells within us, who gives us the law of Christ. But there are times that we choose to follow what we feel is right rather than what the Word of God and the Spirit of God declares is right. That's when the Holy Spirit will come in and talk to us, convicting us of the fact that what we are looking to do is not right in God's eyes. The way we are treating someone is not right in God's eyes. The, the thoughts that we are having is not right in God's eyes. There is a righteousness that you and I are mandated by heaven to live by. It is not our righteousness. It is the righteousness of Christ. And to, not only are we declared right in God's eyes, but we are also now 
called upon to walk in that righteousness, to recognize I cannot do and, or live my life based upon my own personal uh, philosophy of what's right. I have to govern my life and structure my life based upon what the Lord is teaching me is right and what the spirit who dwells within my spirit teaches me is right. And when I get that wrong, the Holy Spirit will convict us of that wrong because he wants us to walk in righteousness. Let's remember that through, because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, every one of us has access to the Father. We can pray to the Lord simply because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We can never approach God based on our own personal morality because it's as filthy rags. We can't ask God uh, and come confidently before God because we had a good week. Uh, yeah, I don't have any conscious or awareness this week that I haven't sinned. Therefore, I feel great. I, I, I feel full of faith because I came before God. Those things are so deceiving. We have to remember we can only come before God through the righteousness that's provided for us through Jesus Christ. And then we have to, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, walk in that righteousness, asking the Spirit of God to convict us of righteousness, especially when we are not living right, when we're making decisions based upon our own personal thoughts of what we feel is right in God's sight. Talking to a couple a while back, and he thought it was right to divorce his wife. He did not have biblical grounds of immorality, but he felt he was right to divorce because he no longer loved his wife, because he felt his wife made him miserable, and that gave him the right before God to divorce. Brothers and sisters, let me encourage you. Please, let's structure our life. Let's live our life based upon what is right in God's eyes and not right in our own eyes. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit will convict us when we are making decisions based upon what we feel is right rather than what is right by God's holy standard. Amen? All right. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17 with me. We're talking about the last one here now, judgment. Because judgment is, remember, it's declaring guilt and its consequences. Now, the reason why this is so important is that, once again, I find that believers get deceived into believing that there won't be any consequences to their wrong actions. In other words, if I'm sinning, then there still won't be any consequences because they're quick to say, well, the blood covers that. The blood only covers sin when we repent. It's important. We're going to talk about that in a moment, right? Well, there won't be any consequences if I am living my life based upon what I think is right rather than what is right by the guidance of the Holy Spirit, in other words, so often God's people think that we are exempt through the blood of Jesus Christ from judgment. And that is simply not biblical. 
First Peter chapter 4, verse 17 says, For it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. It is time for judgment to begin. In other words, before God judges the world, unbelievers, he first judges his own household, his own people. Romans chapter 11, verses 21 and 22 declares, For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Consider, therefore, the kindness and sternness of God, sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, listen, provided that you continue in his kindness, otherwise you also will be cut off. Now, in this portion of scripture, the apostle Paul is handling the argument that Christians are, some Christians had at that time, saying we are the people of God. The Jews, the Hebrews, they were cut off. They were the natural branches that were cut off from the vine, or the olive tree, excuse me. They were cut off because of their unbelief, because of their refusal to embrace Jesus Christ as their Savior. And as a result of that, we Gentiles, uh, who are wild olive branches, we were grafted into the olive tree, and now we've become a part of the olive tree. And Paul, in defending that, said, you're right about all that. But remember, if God cut off the natural branches because they didn't believe, because they didn't do what's right, what makes you think he won't cut you off? You stand by faith and and the kindness of God. And we need to make sure that we are stay connected that way. Notice Paul said, otherwise, you too will be cut off. So if God judged Israel for their disobedience and their unbelief, Paul said, he'll also judge us. Now, somebody say, okay, that's a little bit harsh. I'm still not convinced Let's go with one more scripture. This is the words of Jesus in John chapter 15. Jesus had been talking about he is the vine and we are the branches, those who believe in him. In verse 5, he said this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you remain in me, you are like a branch, excuse me, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. So now Jesus is saying, yes, we can embrace him as our Savior, and that attaches us to the vine. But in order to stay attached, we have to uh, honor him. We have to obey him. We have to uh, follow the direction that he gives us so that we can bear fruit. Because if we don't bear fruit, then we stand to put ourselves in the place of judgment, meaning that there'll be consequences. And the ministry, the work of the Holy Spirit is to convict you and I 
to pierce our hearts, let us know we are not living right before God. We need to get right before God. Uh, if we're not serving the Lord, if we're not functioning and doing what God has uniquely called us to do, it is the work of the Holy Spirit to bring conviction into our life and say, God did not call you to sit in a chair and do nothing. God called you to work for his kingdom. Therefore, get to work so that when we're not working, it's the Holy Spirit who brings conviction to us and warns us that this is not behavior that is acceptable before God and puts us in a precarious place where we might be judged. That's why in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25, it says this, worship team, if you would come back up. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? Okay. Let's wrap this up so that we get a, a, an understanding. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, and one of the roles that he plays in our life, one of the works of the Holy Spirit. We enjoyed the fact last week that, yes, he guides us. He, he, he bring, gives us direction, and he gives us revelation. Oh, we love that. And I love the fact that the Holy Spirit is the one who prays through us. I love that. And I love the fact that it's the Holy Spirit who empowers us for service. Those are all blessings and important for our life. But this is equally important, brothers and sisters. This fifth element is so critical for you and I that we recognize it's the Holy Spirit's ministry in the hearts of believers to bring conviction when we're sinning. To bring conviction when we're living with our own righteousness instead of following and doing what God says is right. Of the possibility of what can happen in our life, the consequences that we'll have to deal with that will come our way if we continue along that path. The purpose for the conviction of the Holy Spirit is to give you and I an opportunity to repent. That word repent just simply means to change direction. If I'm living wrong before God, repent means I change direction. You can't say I repent and still keep doing the same thing. That's not repentance. That's confession. Confession says, I'm sorry I'm doing this, but you keep doing it. Repentance is, I'm not, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to live according to your righteousness. I'm going to follow your guidance, Lord. That's repentance. And the Holy Spirit convicts us so that we can have this opportunity to repent and get right with God. And I love the fact that we set aside communion for today because these emblems, this little cracker that symbolizes the body of the Lord that was broken for you and for me, this cup of grape juice that symbolizes his blood that was spilled on the cross, together these provide this representation of the incredible price that was paid 
for our salvation so that we can gain forgiveness of sin. A forgiveness that is still available today for all of us. Blessed be his wonderful name. Father, we come before you now. We thank you for the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. It is our prayer today, Father, that those right now who walk in darkness, those who refuse to believe in your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that the Spirit of the Lord would convict them even now, Lord. We want to see them saved, Lord. We recognize they can never turn to you and and embrace your Son unless the Holy Spirit convicts them. I pray for them, God, that they would sense and experience that conviction today. But I pray for all of us who have already believed, all of us who have embraced your Son as our Savior. I thank you that the Holy Spirit also works in our lives as well to convict us when we have sinned, to convict us when the righteousness that we are trusting in is not the righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. That the Holy Spirit is there to convict us of the judgment that we will experience if we continue to walk in disobedience. So I pray today for all of us, God, that we will be recognized and, and how grateful, how needful the conviction of the Holy Spirit is. We would all be lost if not for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So we thank you even now for his precious work in all of our lives. And we pray now, Father, as we prepare to take the cup and the cracker together, Lord, emblems of the great price that was paid not just for our initial salvation, but for these moments when the Spirit convicts us and we turn in repentance, we can find fresh and new forgiveness in the precious name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Amen. Let's take the bread and the cup together. We bless your name, Lord. Come on, church, right where you're at, whether you're in the living room or wherever you might be, take a moment to just thank the Lord right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your great sacrifice. Thank you for purchasing us through your precious blood. Thank you for eternal life through Jesus Christ. Thank you that we, even this very hour, can receive fresh forgiveness. Oh, God, we bless your name. Oh, God, we magnify your name. Oh, God, we exalt and bless the name that's above every other name. Hallelujah. 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 We bless your name, oh, God. We bless your name. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. 
Alleluia. And Father, in closing, I pray for the grace that we need to love and embrace fully the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to be like those that the Bible outlines who continue to reject his conviction and seared their conscience and turned away from the truth. We want to be a people who have a tender conscience, a people who are quick to respond when the Spirit of the Lord brings conviction in our life because it's his desire to lead and guide us into all truth. Blessed be his wonderful name. So even now, one last time, we just thank you for the convicting work of the Holy Spirit in all of our lives. In the precious name of Jesus, amen and amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for joining us this morning. I hope and trust that God's word has been a blessing to you and that we all have a greater appreciation of the work of the Holy Spirit in all of our lives. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Please stay safe.